Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news. This is episode 106, recorded June 19th, 2022. I'm your host, Charles Grant. In today's episode, the end of push buttons start, relay attack prevention methods, another unpickable lock contender, car thieves and other criminals, products, meetups, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube, Odyssey, or Apple Podcasts. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. Some apps limit the length of show notes and the ability to post full links, but you can always find full show notes with all of the links at thelocksportscast.com. First up in the news, back on the 31st of May, The Verge published an article called Push Button Starts Days Might Be Numbered written by Mitchell Clark. It's a pretty long article, so I've distilled down the important information here. They say push-button start does have problems, as with many conveniences. Push-button starts have come with a cost, including several dozen people who have been killed by carbon monoxide poisoning or uncontrolled motor vehicles after they left their cars running, assuming that they would turn off after they got out with the key fob. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration even has a page warning people to be extra aware if their car has keyless ignition system. In 2021, several senators proposed laws that would mandate features to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning and rollaways, but so far, the acts have been passed. Many manufacturers have started to come up with systems to prevent further deaths, but push-button starts days may be already numbered. Thanks to companies that are pushing the convenience envelope even further. Many luxury vehicles, most notably Teslas, forego a manual startup process altogether. You get in, select your drive mode, and the car is ready to go. Volvo's XC40 recharge automatically turns itself on and off. And while Volvo's ID4 has a start-stop button, using it is completely optional according to the car's manual. They both use more or less the same technique. The cars authenticate you via a fob, card, or even your smartphone, but they just activate or deactivate the motors when you use gear selector rather than making it a separate step. Doesn't sound like it's actually anything to do with security, as you're still using the fob, card, or smartphone wireless activation. They're just doing away with the actual button. Put it in gear and it'll go. Most of the ones listed here are electric cars, which is that is uh, quite easy on. But with a lot of the cars nowadays, automatically stopping the engine and starting it back up at stoplights, it wouldn't be much of a stretch to do the same thing on a gasoline-powered car, I wouldn't think. Then we have an article from Auto Evolution by Christian Agati from the 13th of May. Ford Patton's Key Fob Relay Attack Prevention System will make stealing cars a lot harder. That's the headline. The article says that keyless entry systems are easy to break thanks to vulnerabilities of the radio signals used to unlock the doors. Ford thinks it has a solution to prevent the most common theft method, the key fob relay attack. The keyless entry system adds convenience since the fob can be kept in the pocket or a purse and everything just works. Unfortunately, even though the technology was supposed to improve theft prevention, In reality, it seems to make a thief's job easy. To get access to a vehicle, thieves use a method called a relay attack, which we all know about, 
which involves relaying a radio signal from the key fob to the car. The car thinks the owner has approached with the key and opens the door accordingly. They push the button later and the thieves drive off with your car. Of course, car makers have tried to improve the system. They say that modern keyless systems put the fob in sleep mode while not in motion, preventing any radio signal from being transmitted. Ford thinks it has found a better solution and it filed a patent to protect it called System for Preventing Vehicle Key Fob Relay Attacks. The patent describes a new authentication system that allows the car to know whether the original key is near the car or not. According to the patent filed on October 29th, 2020 and published on May 5th, 2022, the system is able to obtain historical data, including the time and location the fob is used. Thus, it can determine if the person trying to unlock the car is the owner or another person. For instance, since the car knows that the key moved away when the owner left the vehicle, it will not respond to a signal that suddenly appears in its vicinity. The article says, of course, that this is far from perfect as the spoofing devices can emulate the key even in approaching the vehicle, but at least it's better than nothing. They also say that other systems are being developed to avoid this kind of man-in-the-middle attack. Some newer vehicles use NFC to open and start, hopefully making those systems more secure than the older systems that can be sniffed from further away. Lots of people uh, trying to work on this relay attack problem but they are all trying to find ways to do it without doing away with the convenience features of keyless systems. In fact, from the article we saw earlier, doubling down on the convenience, even wanting to do away with the start button, but without changing the underlying security problem that exists with the keyless system. There seems to be such a focus on convenience that they're not willing to admit that some user interaction might be needed to authenticate that the person interacting with the car is the authorized user. Our next article out of Bridgeview, Illinois by Eric Horn. Bridgeview locksmith burgled for key fob programmer, which helped thieves steal cars. This is from June 8th. The article is another example of an increasingly common crime, the theft of uh, key programmers. In the hands of a criminal, it makes stealing a car a lot easier and more profitable. The locksmith says it's a dangerous tool that can pretty much make a key for any car. In the video of the burglary, a sledgehammer is used to break the business's window. One thief climbs through the window while the other, still holding the sledgehammer, stands watch outside. It appears that at least one of the men is armed as he searches for programmers, and soon his partner climbs through the window to join him. The article says that they stole eight programmers in less than two minutes after making their initial entry, and then the pair race out of the business. A third offender is waiting in a vehicle to drive them away. The locksmith is quoted as saying that they are not amateurs, they're professionals the way they're doing it. The article continues to say that the crime is part of a larger pattern that includes the theft of programmers as well as key fobs from dealerships. In May, two men stole a safe full of keys from a dealership and used a programmer to swipe a red Corvette. And 24 hours after this locksmith break-in here with the sledgehammer, a sledgehammer was also used by thieves at a dealership where some luxury vehicles were stolen. The locksmith said he's been working to disable those stolen programmers, which can be taken offline by the manufacturer. Let's hope he's successful in that and can stop their use. And last week I reported on a locksmith that had been apparently murdered and 
His body was found inside his burning work van. This week, we have a follow-up on that story, and a teenager has been arrested and charged with the death of the locksmith. DeKalb County Police confirmed that a 16-year-old has been identified as the suspect in this case and is currently in police custody. 16 years old and already in trouble for murder. If this suspect is actually the perpetrator, this has now ruined their life as well as taken the life of the locksmith and ruined the life of his wife and children. So, sad all around. Now on to some community news. Lethalogica X has Scratch built a lock. It's a 3D printed lock that was featured in their new video called A New Concept for an Unpickable Lock. The description reads, I've been working on this project for a long time and I'm almost ready to release it into the world. Here's a teaser of what's to come in the near future. Subscribe for updates as I will be posting another video here soon with more info. This video has no spoken words. Just uh, shows the exterior of a 3D printed padlock and a key. And the key appears to have dual blades. And I'm not sure if that's magnets we're seeing embedded in the key or not, but uh, will be interesting to see the full details when the video is released. But for now, the link for this video will be in the show notes. Be sure to check it out. And there was a question posted on Twitter by Lockpicking Dev. He asked, anyone know where to buy small steel strips the size of windshield wiper blades? I would like similar size, but a couple sizes slightly wider and thicker as well. There were a couple suggestions. One was to contact uh, Jimmy Longs because he has some street sweeper bristles and also to contact Sparrows. Uh, if anybody else has any good suggestions, head over to Twiver, Twitter or find Lockpink Dev anywhere else and uh, let them know what you uh, what you know. And then this week, Locknoob put out a new video called New Multi-Pick Elite Dimple Tension Tools, designed by me. Uh, so Locknoob put out this video. It is basically featuring the tension tools that I mentioned in the new product section last week. So if you want to know more details about those and how he design them to be used be sure to check out his video link in the show notes and then ifisk sent in this video called car key signal blocker faraday pouch alternative by an adam farmanlow i'm not sure so what he's demonstrating in this video is what he calls a cheap option to the faraday pouches for people who don't want to spend the money basically cutting the top off of an aluminum soda can and sticking the fob inside of that he demonstrates that sitting inside his vehicle with the fob outside the can the car starts put the fob inside the can and the car says it can't find the key so while this may not be the most portable option it's not something you're going to stick in your uh, pocket when you're at work or, or out with friends it is something you possibly if it works with your vehicle i would do some testing before i relied on it but you might be able to use that something like a, a can like that to place your your car keys in while you're at home to present prevent a relay attack so moving on to products we have another new release from bare bones lock picking the bottom of keyway radius and ulna tension wrenches i'm going to read the note that was sent in to me by bare bones about this product they say bare bones has maintained a dislike towards bottom of keyway wiper tension wrenches since the beginning but after enough pressure and inquiries we have added the radius and ulna 
It's available in two sizes, suitable for pin tumblers and dimple locks. Most lock sporters agree that a 90-degree twisted bottom-of-keyway wiper tension tool provides poor feedback and dampens tension to the core. It's for this reason, majority of bottom-of-keyway wiper tension wrenches sold by manufacturers use the sharp right-angle profile. So what happens if you twist one end by 360 degrees? It improves the feedback compared to the 90-degree twisted profile as the dampening effect is now reduced. Full twist provides equal strength in all directions and therefore equal feedback, but still provides some flex compared to the sharp right-angle profile. As a bonus, left-right tension direction or left-right-handed use is identical for feedback. It seems an easy choice then to provide both the sharp right angle profile at one end and a fully twisted profile at the other. So how else can we improve the bottom of keyway wiper tension? By increasing the length of the tool, we can improve control over the torque. A main body length of approximately 100 millimeters plus the length of each profile seems a pretty good starting point. Not really interested in the radius and ulna and prefer to make your own? No problems. The same 304 stainless steel will be made available in flat lengths to make your own design or small finger picks. Moving on to meetups, Jeff Moss sent in that Aloha 2022 is July 24th through the 30th in Vegas, though it is not open to the general public. If you are interested in that, link will be in the show notes. LockCon 2022 from Thursday, August 25th to Sunday, August 28th in Barlow. DEFCON 30, August 11th through the 14th in Las Vegas. And they, of course, have their lockpicking village, and there has been a call for volunteers for the lockpicking village. A link to DEFCON's page and the volunteer form will be in the show notes. And SaintCon 2022 will be held in Provo, Utah, October 25th through the 28th. Keynote speakers include Deviant Olaf, Stephanie Snow Carruthers, and Jason E. Street this year. So consider that if you're going to be in that area or if you're willing to travel. Moving on to Lockpickers United Belts, we have some changes that I neglected to get uh, read out earlier. These were posted, I believe, June 6th. And there might have been some others that I missed during my busy spell, but I'm not going to go back and read them all. So uh, first off, we have for new additions, uh, the Abus TI-12 is orange. The KL-164GNC is green. The Lockwood 334B45 with tapered and beveled drivers is going to be green. The Lockwood 234B45 is going to be green. Lockwood 270S70 is blue. Lockwood V7 will be blue. The SS700 with tapered drivers, blue. The EVA ALS is blue. The Kaba GGP Extra is blue and purple. Blue with five pins, purple with six to seven pins. The Kekin KX3 exterior cylinder will be blue-purple. The difference being mastering to be purple. At least six side pins must be present or else it will count as a blue. The Iseo R7 is going to be purple. The Tessa T80 and TX80 will be purple. The Vachette VDIS and the VDIS Plus will be purple. The Gold P, countermilled and overmilled with matching drivers, purple. 
the Gerda Rim 6000 Brown, the Kaba 14 Brown or Red, Brown with less than 13 pins, and Red if it has more. Opnis MMXII um, is going to be a black four. The Opnis Mimolis is going to be a black four. Now we have locks that have been upgraded. The Kaba GG AP1000 is going from orange to green. The Schlage Everest 29SL Primus XP goes from brown to red. The Fichet 450 and 484 have their uh, thresholds changed. Red will be with two to three mastered elements now. Black with one mastered element and a black two with zero mastered elements. The Chroma Protector goes from black four to black five. And then we have downgrades. The Ace A527 goes from blue to green. The Mako 427 goes from blue to green. The Matura Champions C30, C31, and C39 go from purple to blue. The ABA 109582 from brown to purple. And then it looks like we have a few organizational changes in the list there, but those are the major changes. As far as new belts this week, we have. The Big Kibari earned brown this week. Polonium, red. And we have three new black belts this week. So uh, please welcome Black Friend the Finagler, just earned black for picking the Asa 700, the Twin Combi 5800, the Twin 5700 Baltic, 6000, and V10 with gins, as well as the Goal Z. So a whole lot of difficult lock picking there taking the difficult route to black and Armlock also earned black this week and he went pretty heavy on the disc detainer route with the abloy classic the abloy profile the abloy Sentry, and the abloy exec also thrown in was the dom diamant and the asa 700 and then as some of you may already know the newest of the black belts announced this week was lock noob i'm just going to read the post as it was put in the discord here it gives me great pleasure to introduce Lock Noob as our newest black belt picker. Clearly, you won't have heard of this obscure lock sporter, so it falls to me to tell you that this friendly and supremely helpful lock picker has achieved this rank by picking the Rosengren's 32A81S with a homemade tool. He also picked the Dom Diamant with a homemade pick tool. He has shown breadth in picking skills by opening the Lagarde 2270 safe lock disc detainer. Impressioning and making cutaway locks, he has shown depth of knowledge of locks like the Chubb Ava and commitment to the community by moderating the UK Locksport Forum and co-organizing the yearly UK meetup. Oh, and he runs one of the biggest Locksport channels too. So congratulations to all of you on your new belts. And for anyone not already familiar with the Lockpickers United belt system, links in the show notes to all of the rules and some videos explaining how the process works. So be sure to check those out. And now it's time to say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. We'll start with the Patreon subscribers, and those include Jimmy Longs, Medler, Pandfrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lee Bond's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Reckons in a Coat, Cherell, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cool Tune, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lockpicker, JHP Picking, Barebones Lockpicking, Double Cafe, NWA Lockpicker, Snake. Chief content producer for this episode is iFisk, sending the most information used in this particular episode. Other content producers are Albert LaBelle, Barebones Lockpicking, Cherell, Correct Jeans, Dark Arts Lockpicking, Gravity Karma, 
HV Logic, HV Metalhead, Ivan, Jeff Moss, Joe Picks, Joshua Gonzalez, Newhouse Lock and Key, Rain, Snake, Tiger Trav, and Tony Varelli. Thank you to all of you for your support. Quite a list. Thank you very much. And remember, the show is only possible because of all that support. So if you value the show and the information in it, please help keep it going. The number one thing you can do, send in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you can think of that you think the community should or would like to know about, send it to podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed in the show notes. Don't forget to share the show with your lockpicking friends. Leave a review, a comment, thumbs up, whatever your platform of choice allows you to do. Don't forget to subscribe on your platform of choice. And if you want to support financially, you're welcome to do so either via PayPal or Patreon. You can find all the different ways to support the show at thelocksportscast.com slash support. Quick reminder, stories about things that happen in Locksport, either to you or to your friends, um, something that happened because of your involvement in Locksport or because you're a locksmith that you think is an interesting story that should be shared on the show, feel free to send it in locksportscast.com slash contact. You can send them there. You can also send feedback there if you want that shared on the show or kept confidential. Either way is up to you. And you're welcome to uh, submit it in the form of a note, video, audio recording, whatever you want. Just remember to keep it reasonable, length, polite, work family safe, no politics, and not just drama if you do want your comments shared on the show. And moving on to the second half of the show, we start off with the criminal news. This one is entitled Highly Priced Pokemon and LeBron James Rookie Cards Stolen from Card Shop in Northwest Fresco. This is an older article, actually back from April 26th, written by Peter Lopez out of Fresno, California. Uh, police said that someone broke into a trading card and collectible store over the weekend. According to the owner of Bases Loaded, someone used a lockpicking tool to open the store's front door and walked in. They also helped themselves to a variety of highly priced collectible cards, which set the store back thousands of dollars. The store owner says this sort of thing has happened to them in the past, but it's been about 10 years since then. He also mentioned that the suspect knew what they were doing when they broke into the store, saying that they had an agenda. Among the stolen items from Bases Loaded include LeBron James rookie cards, a Kobe Bryant card worth about $500, and many others. One card was a limited edition Pokemon trading card that was only offered to those who participated in a competitive event back in 1997 in Japan. That card alone worth about $1,200 US. The article says that the Bases Loaded store reached out to other collector stores within the community to create an awareness of the recent incident. I would say if you've had this type of thing happen in the past, if that refers to your lock has been picked in the past, even 10 years ago, and then again during this episode, probably want to think about getting a different lock. Normally, I would say you don't need to worry too much about your lock being picked. But since you have an actual history of people picking a lock to get into the business, I think then it's time to upgrade to a lock that's more difficult to pick, as well as possibly some other security measures. And then this article was from May 28th. Thieves in India allegedly got inspired by Fast and Furious and stole over 40 vehicles. This article was featured in Auto Evolution, written by Sebastian Toma. The top paragraph in the article says, in a Hollywood-inspired story, three thieves used what is described to be a software-based hacking device to steal over 40 vehicles in New Delhi. Each of the targeted vehicles were stolen within two to three minutes as attackers tricked their system into accepting new keys. 
The rest of the article goes on to say that New Delhi police have arrested the three men and they discovered the crew's high-tech tools, including scanners and GPS jamming devices. Um, according to the police, the series of thefts was inspired by the Fast and Furious franchise. After stealing the vehicles, the suspects would apparently park them in locations where there were no cameras until the vehicles were ready to be sold in other regions of the country. The police apprehended the suspects during one of these transactions. When seizing the vehicle, police also found some of the tools that they had used. Those tools included what the police described as a sensor kit, magnets, lock picking tools, and eight remote car keys. The car thieves busy at, busy at work in India. I don't know where they got the inspired by the Fast and Furious franchise from. I don't see where they're making that tie from what they've released in the article, but interesting anyway. The next story is out of. Kuala Lumpur, police arrest a gang of car thieves on the prowl since 2014. This article came out on the 14th of June. It says a gang of four car thieves who have been active since 2014 were busted by Sentol police. Sentol OCPD said members of the gang were arrested between June 4th and June 8th. Four gang members and two women, who are believed to be the girlfriends of those arrested, were caught after a number of raids. Following the arrest, police managed to locate eight stolen cars. And this sentence right here is the one that brought it to my attention. It's kind of weirdly phrased, so I'm not sure it means what it says. But it says the suspects would identify cars before sending out one of their members, who is a car mechanic, to lockpick the cars. Now, whether that means they were actually picking the locks or if that's a translation issue, saying that they broke into them, I'm not sure. Uh, the police say they would then disable the alarms before starting the engines with a modified Allen key. One of those arrested had 33 previous criminal records and was wanted for car theft and drug offenses. 13 cases have been solved following the arrests. Investigations are underway to trace the remaining stolen cars linked to the group. Moving on to sales. Southord's sale page has been updated. There will be a link in the show notes so you can check out what's listed there. Barebones Lockpicking has 10% off store-wide on top of other discounts with the code DOWNUNDERMONKEY10 that expires on June 30th. And yes, I know I screwed up on my listings of sales last week. I apologize, everyone. Um, several people caught me on it, and then I tried to fix it and screwed it up again. So <laughs> thank you to everyone who pointed it out so I can get it fixed as quickly as possible. Uh, new House Lock and Key, 10% off with the code LOCKSPORTSCAST without the last A. Uh, that expires the end of June. Lockpickmall.com. We have three codes. One for Dark Arts Lockpicking, the code DARKVIP. One for Albert LaBelle with the code Albert. And one for Joe Picks with the code Joe Picks. So pick your favorite Locksporter and use their code if you are at Lockpickmall.com. Over at 3DLocksport.com, we have one code, 10% off with the code LSCAST10. So be sure to check that out if you are shopping over at 3D Locksport, picking up your favorite 3D printed Locksport gear. And of course, these never seem to expire. MakoLocks.com, 15% off with the code by Mako, no known expiration. UKLockPickers.co.uk, same thing, 10% off with the code GIFT with no known expiration. So be sure to just add those to your list anytime you're shopping at those places. Use the code. Moving on to giveaways. 
we have a new giveaway from Snake. It's the Locksport stickers giveaway. The description says, I'm in constant amazement over how awesome the Locksport community is. All I see are people helping each other by sharing knowledge and items. As a small token of appreciation, I'm going to give out some Locksport stickers for a chance to win one of them. Simply comment on this video with hashtag Locksport and I will enter you in a drawing to be held on June 24th. So a link to that giveaway video in the show notes. Be sure to stop over, check out Snake's channel and enter the giveaway. And we have the Locknoob 100k subs Lockmaster picks giveaway. Looks like they have a total of 10 winners with two different prize packs, so be sure to check that out. That is run over at Gleam.io, so a lot of the entry conditions are things like follow Lockmaster and Locknoob on different social media sites. If that's something you're willing to do, be sure to check out that giveaway. And then CLK Supplies always has their hashtag Lockboss giveaway running. Lots of good prizes over there, so be sure to check that out if you're into giveaways. And remember to send me any information you have that's Locksport related. Even if you don't think it's important, it could be the bit of information I need. If you think it's super important and big news and everybody knows about it, guess what? I probably don't. Send it anyway. I would rather get too much information than not enough. I really, really, really need the uh, the support. I know I beg a lot for it, but it's because it really helps the show keep going. And I appreciate all of you who continue to listen, check out the show, and share information. So remember to keep it legal. <laughs>